When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. All right, there was a Saturday Night Live skit years ago about dangerous toys. One of them was a bag of glass. And it was ridiculously funny and also over the top. But do you know that there's actually a serious problem right now with life and death danger potentially to children that is going on right now at online selling sites. I had to make sure you know what you need to know. And, you know, the official holiday season supposedly kicks off in a week, although, as I've been telling you for a while, it's already underway. But you know what's coming Over the next week, charity solicitation season, by text, by email, by regular mail, and by phone call. And I am someone who loves giving to charity. It's core to what I'm about. But the thing is, if you are a generous soul, and Americans are so generous, how do you know that who you're giving to is on the up and up? Well, I'm going to explain to you how I do it. So let's talk the kids' toys. Just in time for Christmas, USA Today did a deep investigative on Facebook Marketplace. And I know, I know, it's really unright now to bash Facebook for everything. I mean, it's going to rain tomorrow. Facebook's fault. I didn't make enough money today. Facebook's fault. I mean, everything right now is Facebook's fault. And, you know, part of it is Mark Zuckerberg does not present a positive public face. He's not he's not a communicator. And there's also some real truth behind the curtain, things that Facebook's not had its act together. But what I'm about to tell you is that what Facebook is messing up on here, they're not the only ones out there messing up on this. So USA Today found 121 different products that have been recalled or banned that have actually killed children, not have been a danger to children. These 121 different products have actually killed children that are being sold on Facebook Marketplace with no oversight or restriction by Facebook. It's pretty disgusting. But again, this is not a unique to Facebook problem. You know, the U.S. government is suing Amazon right now for selling a huge number of dangerous products for children and also for adults. You know, Facebook is under so much pressure uh, internally to hit sales goals. 
And most of the stuff sold on Amazon is being sold by third parties. Amazon may handle fulfillment. They may handle delivery. They may handle warehousing. They may handle every step of the process fully vertically integrated, except it wasn't their product. When you're buying on Amazon, it feels like their product. you got to look pretty close on Amazon to know that it's being sold and inventoried as an Amazon product end-to-end and not third-party because most everything is third-party on Amazon. And Amazon, according to the feds, and this will be resolved in the courts, but what Amazon is accused of doing is they, on their platform, are not policing and restricting the sale of recalled products, deadly products, that they're not doing that at all because my conclusion, there's too much pressure on management there at all levels to keep those sales numbers up, and Amazon's letting down the consumer. So I want you to be really, really cautious this Christmas season, whether you buy toys on eBay, Craigslist, Amazon Marketplace, Facebook Marketplace. Am I missing any marketplaces? I'm sure there's so many. Next door. (laughs) Next door? People are selling toys on next door? Well, they sell items or classifieds on there, so I would assume. Toys or like maybe a a baby um, bouncer or whatever. I mean, you can sell anything you want. Anyway, there are toys that are extreme dangers to children that have been diverted because they can't be sold retail now, being diverted to these uh, marketplace sellers. And I need for you, if you are a non-parent buying a gift for niece, nephew, a friend's kid, whatever, be wary and aware of this and careful where you're buying from and who the real seller is. Uh, Second, if you're buying for your own kid, I know money can be so tight, and you see something maybe on uh, eBay or Amazon or the Facebook marketplace, and it's a third off what it is at retail, and you're like, oh, wow, that's great. But what if it's not great? What if it's a counterfeit? Or what if it is an item that the actual one you're looking at is one that's under recall because it can be deadly to children? That savings isn't worth it, and that's said from the cheapest man alive. Yeah, baby products, too, a lot are sold on there. Um, you know, like the bouncy chairs and some of those that have been recalled, too. You have to be really careful. So I don't understand. How have the bouncy chairs been deadly for Well, I don't, I don't know everyone, but I know in some cases the way they angle the neck, the child can suffocate because their oh. head isn't supported. Oh, um, man. Yeah. That's brutal. I know. All right, well, let's um, let's answer some questions here. This one's from Mike in Montana. The 401k at my current company has high fees, but I don't want to not contribute and miss the match. Is there a way to contribute but then roll it into an IRA to avoid the fees while I remain at the same company? You can't have that free lunch, Mike. Here's what you can do. Contribute to the 401k up to the employer match. Get the full match. Then after that, you have the option of doing your own IRA, Roth or traditional. I'm a big fan of the Roth. You can do that with one of the ultra-low-cost companies. 
and you can put in up to $6,000 a year unless you're 50 and over, in which case you can do $7,000 a year. This one's from Sharon, Missouri. I purchased a little online retail company from a friend a few years ago. It was meant to be some extra income to pay for our girls' college tuition and eventually a retirement lake house for us. In the past year, the business has boomed. We are earning what we think is quite a bit of a profit, and we're wondering what is the best course of action for this extra income. My girls are in high school, so college is very near. We are currently paying a hefty income tax bill each year, paying into a Roth IRA and putting the rest in a money market account. I listen to your podcast daily, and I know we would be doing so much more with this. We could be doing so much more with this extra income. I would love to hear some more of your great ideas. All right. So number one, I want you to see if you can create eligibility for an HSA for yourself and your family, completely removed from you asking about your, your child's college. So an HSA, a health savings account, is when you have an eligible, high-deductible health insurance plan for your family. And an HSA-eligible plan gives a business owner the ability to shelter money from tax where you get an upfront deduction, and then the money grows tax-free all through the years, and you can spend it tax-free way down the road on medical expenses. It's a current benefit and a long-term one. If you don't touch any of the money for the medical bills that would come with the high-deductible health plan, that would be number one on my list. Number two, you're doing a Roth. I'd like you to consider the possibility of doing a SEP, a Simplified Employee Pension. It is a form of IRA for self-employed individuals that allows you to sock aside potentially well more than $50,000 each year that will reduce the taxable income of your business each year. If you have a great year, you put in the max into a SEP. You have a lousy year, you put none into the SEP and other years in between. And that would be a way to manage your current tax bill the SEP instantly becomes uh, the equivalent of an IRA. It basically is an IRA, and it will cause you tax way down the road. But if your business is doing really well right now, it's pushed you into higher tax brackets, and in your case, doing a SEP would be an advantage to you. You could also soak up some of the money. It wouldn't have a, a, a big tax advantage into a 529, for your kid's college. But the 529 in many states has a state income tax deduction that comes with it, and you have the tax-free growth and the tax-free spending for college. And having some surplus funds for leaner years for your business isn't a bad idea, but at least have soaked up some of that money. Jesse in Virginia says, I'm coming into a small sum of money. Oh, I'm sorry, one more thing. Yeah. I forgot to mention where to do a SEP. You do it at any of my favorite children, low-cost companies. You can start with the three favorites, Vanguard, Schwab, or Fidelity, in order to set up that SEP. Okay, so Jesse in Virginia says, I'm coming into a small sum of money, and I want to pay off some credit cards and bring up my credit score, which is 632. What is the best way to do this? Pay the balance all at once or make a few big payments until it's paid off? Pay the balance, pay the balance, pay the balance, be done with it. And if you have any uh, late pays on your credit, those will heal over time. 
if you have any no pays, in other words, things that were that are bad marks on your credit, they disappear at seven years. But if they're relatively recent, coming to an accommodation with them and paying those balances off should be of help to you as well. But simply taking lump sum and paying off the balances will be very much advantageous to you as 30% of what makes up your credit score is the percent use of available credit. So wiping those off should immediately take, uh, what is that? It's like 260 points of your credit score, 270, something like that, is based on how much of your available credit you're using. So paying off those balances should, within 60 days, give a significant boost to your score. And from Stephen, Texas, Clark, I see you're one to look into the future and speculate what might happen. So along this line, a friend pointed out that if everyone drove electric cars, would our grid be able to handle it? Also, if you had to use a public charging station, you may have to wait in line and it takes longer to charge a car than to fill one with gas. Have you pondered this? Oh, yeah, Steve, I sure have. So right now, 2% of the vehicles on the road in the United States are fully electric. The number is rising, but it's going to be a gradual thing. Plus, the average vehicle on the road is 12 years old, and 98% of them run on gasoline. We, Even if we have a relatively rapid uptake in electrification of vehicles, it will be gradual as a process for the grid and demand for charging stations and the rest. So I'm not particularly worried about it. Uh, in fact, charging stations are being installed at a much higher rate around the country than what was expected. Uh, in fact, if you go back just what experts were saying 18 months ago, the number since installed is much higher than expected. The grid, if we went 100% electric in the next year, we'd be toast with the grid. The grid is not where it needs to be for modern sources of power, which are, in a lot of cases, going to be battery, solar, hydro, and wind, and hot air from politicians in Washington. (laughs) And so there's a lot that needs to be done with the power grid to handle the demand and all the rest. But on electric vehicle charging, most of it can be done overnight when the demand on the power grid is a fraction of capacity and power companies are already in some cases around the country and routinely in the future will offer extra cheap rates for charging vehicles between midnight and 5.30 a.m. when there's virtually no uh, capacity demand at all. And so we will adjust to electric vehicles much easier than you might imagine with occasional hiccups out and about. There's a lot of belief that people in the midsection of the country will never adapt to electric because of range issues. But we're getting to a point in the next few years, it will be routine that electric vehicles will get 500 plus miles on a charge and that will eliminate the range issues for most any use around the country. Now, that's my perspective. If you go to Clark.com slash Clark Stinks, you can punch holes in any of the things I just said about the energy transition coming or going on in the United States. 
So this time of year is such a joyous time of year, such a giving time of year, but it's also the most common time that we get scammed. I'm going to talk to you about how that generous heart of you can avoid getting ripped off straight ahead. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One thing that separates us in the United States from most any other country or culture in the world is our charitable spirit. We, the American people, are so giving And it's certainly not all of us, but we are so giving. And Krista, one of the things that I've been so impressed about you, who I have now had the pleasure of knowing for 24 years. Can you imagine? Wow. Is it only 24? (laughs) Next year, you will have suffered. Oh, my gosh. For 25 years. You know I'm so grateful. No, I'm the lucky one. Stop it. Uh, anyway, I, I have always been impressed about how you run around like a chicken without a head, helping out at this event or that event or this charity or that charity. The money you give, the I mean, you, from when you wake up in the morning, you're all about service. And that's something that... <laughs> Might be a little bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> it's not at all. I mean... Stop nodding your shaking your head no. Krista's always, just say, thank you, thank Clark, you, Clark, for recognizing all well, the nice things. Let me tell you, same of you. Same, I mean, you know, your whole life has been about service, but not well, about us anyway. It's, it's one of the things that you and I both like so much about the other is this spirit of giving. It's just, it's in your core, and you've taught me well, and you've made it more <laughs> part of my core. And so... Uh, I am, I'm very much into doing what I can do in my life, Krista, in her life. And it's not like we're patting each other on the shoulder. It's just, it is who we are. And that makes us not at all unusual because there are so many of our fellow Americans who do so much in their community, in their school, in their church, or other religious organization for uh, feeding people at shelters, working at food banks, working as a volunteer with Habitat for Humanity, whatever it is, donating money to causes. And so that makes us more susceptible than any other people on earth to being scammed, especially in November and December when most charitable giving is done. Because... The scamsters come out of the woodwork. 
many times with names same or similar, usually similar to legitimate organizations, claiming they're doing this, that, or the other, appealing to your generous soul and getting money from you. And it can be in person, it can be by phone, it can be by text, it can be by email. And I think about how things change over time. It can be on social media. When we used to talk about the charity scam warning, when the number one way people were scammed in the 1990s was by fax. If you were born at the turn of this century or a few years before or a few years later, you can't even imagine how important fax machines were in people's lives in the late 80s through the 90s. And so that's where the scamsters would reach you. They go wherever the current mode is to reach people to try to take advantage of you. And that's why all the texts you're going to get this Christmas season, once you be careful because that's a hot way for the scamsters to get you, impersonating a legitimate organization. So this fits so many ways when I talk about with other things. When somebody tries to scam you by pretending to be from your bank or your credit union or the broker or whoever, I want you to independently give to a charity, even if they solicit you and you're thinking, yeah, you know, I really would like to give a contribution this Christmas to the Ronald McDonald House. Or I'd like to give to this, that, or the other, whatever it is. That you go, once they're triggered by a communication, however it comes in, that you go to the actual website of the organization that you're like, hey, yeah, I really would like to give that money to them. And don't like to give don't click a link to get there. Never a link. Thank you. Don't click on a link. You go to the actual website where you type in the website address and you donate. If there's a cause that seems good to you, but you don't have any direct knowledge of the organization, that's when I want you to check out the charity or suppose a charity on two grounds. First, that they are legit. Second, even if they are legit, do they spend your money well? Are they eating it all up in administrative costs? I remember for years there was uh, what I called a phony cancer charity that was operating around the country soliciting from people. And do you know this supposed charity for cancer, 99% of the money was being siphoned off and only 1% was going to actual help for cancer. 99% was being run off with. And this is a wash, rinse, and repeat. This happens a lot, particularly with micro causes like a particular cancer that you think, oh, man, that happened to my sister. I want to give to that. But before you give because you want to help, I want you to make sure the money you're giving that you worked hard for is going to a legitimate organization that spends money well. Now, there are three national publications that are helpful. 
One is called Charity Watch. Another is called Charity Navigator. And the third is called Give. They all are dot .orgs. You can go to them. They use different methodologies. But what you can see is whether charities that you're interested in giving to actually are doing what they say they're going to do with the money, that the money is efficiently being used for that cause. And not every charity is going to be on one of these three, but odds are pretty good that any mainstream charity will be. So when somebody asks you for money, you if you've listened to me any number of years, you know my late mom who developed dementia ended up on these sucker lists. It was getting taken by these fake charities over and over again. And I remember my brother asked my mom one day, why did you give to these people? Well, they asked. She was such a kind lady. (laughs) Yeah, but... That's awful. She needed the money to live on that she was giving, and we had to start intercepting all her mail and all that. But I want you, if you can afford it, I want you to give. But I want to make sure that money goes to a place where it's really delivering the help you want to have happen. People soliciting by the side of the road, no matter what they're asking for, I don't give them money. I'll say, hey, can you give me some literature? And a lot of times they turn away from me when I ask. Because you don't know who's legit and who's not out there. And years ago in my TV work, we made this point well on TV. Uh, We put me in a Santa suit. Put me on a street corner. And I held out a sign saying, uh, Homeless Families Fund. We made up this name for this organization. And I saw the generosity of people. One out of every seven cars at the intersection gave me money. We were tracking that. And they gave me from a couple of dollars to 20 bucks to 50 bucks. People kept throwing money in. And I was like, I learned how great most people are and what great hearts most people have. And it turned out I was not going to scam people out of the money We turned around and gave that money to a housing organization that we knew to be legit. But you don't know the rest of the time. And that's why when somebody's asking for money on a street corner, please have them prompt a thought that you might want to give to an organization. But again, in your own time, when you check them out, and then you give. Krista? This is from Helen in Georgia. Clark, what do you do if you suspect your aging parent is being swindled? Our mom has a friend who wants her to invest in a healing center. What professionals do we need to contact to intervene? We don't want to hurt our relationship with our mom, but we don't want this guy to get a penny. Immediately, I want you to hire, Helen, a geriatric social worker. Geriatric social workers deal with this all the time. And you may, if there's a, if you don't know how to find one, you look online. If you have trouble finding one, call a recognized um, uh, nursing home near you. Talk to their social worker and ask them for referral to someone who is a geriatric social worker. They're the people who can come in and do an evaluation, make recommendations, and give you procedures where you can help avoid your mom from being taken. 
Now, I hesitated to put this question in Clark, but I feel like you would want me to. It's from Sarah in Florida. I was searching for something else when I came across an article explaining how to save on funerals. They listed a way to save money by buying a casket from a big box store and the funeral home would accept it. The article stated that Costco is one of the best places to buy a casket or urn. My question is, did you know this? I'm certain that if you do, you've already written it into your will to be buried in a Costco casket. I can already hear your excitement about spending eternity wearing your Kirkland signature shirt in a Costco casket. Hopefully, it'll be many, many years until this comes about. I'm genuinely curious. Okay, I'm so knocking on wood. I'm number on one, I am wearing a Kirkland signature <laughs> golf shirt right now. I think so. Here, check. Yep. It's a Kirkland signature, very high quality, very low cost shirt. Number two, it is true. Any funeral home has to accept a casket from you that you provide to them. And if you go online on eBay or any other selling site, there are companies that sell caskets that are equivalent to the ones the funeral homes sell, but usually for about uh, 25 to 40% of the cost, including shipping. It lets you know how unbelievably the funeral industry marks up caskets. Costco has been a big seller of caskets for a long, long time. A lot of Costco members... No, that's the go-to for a casket. Next, I don't know if this disappoints you, but I am not going to be buried. My goal is to donate all my organs to uh, either others for transplant or my body to medical science for research and whatever remains after that to have cremated. Now, we did have somebody post recently on our questions about how they had a dad who died recently who was proudly thrifty, and they bought the urn at the 99-cent-only store that they used for the cremated remains of their dad, all knowing he would be very, very proud of that. And a dollar for my urn? That sounds a little high for me. (laughs) But, yes, I would prefer that my kids spend just a dollar if they were going to keep any of my ashes. You think I'm kidding? Nope. I'm not. So (laughs) what a serious topic that we made light of. But if we didn't get to your question or you want advice, do you know we offer for free one-on-one advice to you about your wallet? You can call our Team Clark Consumer Action Center It's available to you Monday through Friday from 10 in the morning Eastern Time Zone to 4 in the afternoon Eastern Time Zone. You call for free one-on-one advice to 636-49-CLARK.